Hey, Catalyst crew. Welcome to episode three of Catalyst Corner. It's Thursday, so we have Jim F0123Art with us on the show again. And we're going to talk about some uh, pop culture and some movies and maybe a little bit of art. All right, let's get into it. All right, so yeah, Jim. Yeah, how's it going? Good, good. Yeah, speaking of art, uh, this past couple weeks we lost two greats in the comic book art community. It's been tough. Oh, I mean, you know, George Perez. That was kind of which we knew, yeah. right? I mean, he had terminal cancer, and we knew it was. You know, when he when he announced it, we knew it was coming. And Even then, still, and then Neil Adams was just a complete shock. And but to find out he was. 80 years old and was dealing with the, but he was, he put out, I think, I want to say a, a new cover like two days before he died. So, I mean, he's, he's, even though he might've been sick, was still actively working and just, but to, to lose two childhood greats in a matter of like a week was pretty tough on everybody. I think it's interesting to kind of, you know, look at Neil and the fact that he was sick, but he kept working. Yeah. Like, there's someone that, that found their passion and just wanted to keep pursuing it until the end. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and what he was doing at 80 years old, you know, that's, you know, again, the, the, the complexity, just the overall absolute beautiful artwork at that age that he was still putting out right till the very end just is a testament to somebody that, you, you know, just doesn't come along all that often. I'd like to think it also kind of gives hope to people that, you know, it doesn't, you know, you always hear about how as you age, you, you, you become blunt. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like that's always the case. No, no. I mean, I think that if you have a passion for something and, and it's truly something that you love, I don't think age really matters. I think you do it till you stop doing it, which means for they some put, people until you stop, right, breathing. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, and and these two really, you know, I mean, obviously George had to stop a little bit prematurely because you know cancer does what cancer does. But I mean, here are two two legends that were doing it right to the end, and they were going to do it till the to the day they were. Unable to. Unable to. Yeah. That, that's a tough loss. That's a tough loss in the it art is. world. And the world's a little less bright without, without those two in it. You think about it too, right? And you think about, you know, yeah, there's a lot of guys that aren't close to that age as of yet, but you're going to see more and more of the greats disappearing. And I don't... It's scary. What? Yeah. Because what I don't know is I don't know who the new generation of greats are. You know, like, yeah, there are, there are comic artists who are performing and, you know, some of them do a, a, a fine job and I'm not and I'm not shitting on that. But when you talk about the absolute game changers of the industry, right, what, what happens when we lose them? I like to think of it like movies. There's always going to be your Spielbergs and your Camerons and those titans that really kind of push the industry into what it is today. 
but there's there's well, just yeah. room for 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 the new the new class. Oh no, there there totally is. What was your favorite Perez? Uh, I would say I I, I liked his Teen Titan. It, it, you know, I, I mean, I know yeah, Wonder really, he redefined Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I know that, you know, kind of the Wonder Woman that everybody really knows and loves. George Perez was the guy that transformed her into that. I just think that his Teen Titans, to me, because like he really he didn't really create Wonder Woman. He 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 changed her, but he yeah, but created would, would, Cyborg. Would you argue, though, because to me, you know, for like for Batman, right? I don't think Batman for me became Batman until like the eighties. And, right. and, and Neil Adams was a big piece of right, Batman right. becoming Batman. But but my point to it is is that I think what George did with Wonder Woman, like she that he didn't create Wonder Woman, but he did. He created yeah. I mean if if you like the Wonder Woman movies, let's say yeah. that's that's based on George Perez's change to the mythos of who and what Wonder Woman is. So I mean, if you like that, and and I agree, I think the '80s is really where a lot of your superheroes. If if you're into that now, I think the '80s is where they became what you're appreciating now. Because prior to that, although they were great and there was a lot of great stories to anybody, X-Men, I think that the '80s and and then into the '90s. When Jim Lee and, and Todd McFarlane and them, well, that uh, would be kind of your next generation, I right? Think. Exactly. The eighties made the mold. But yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think that George Perez. When you look at when you really think of who Wonder Woman is, and if if you know you think of modern day Wonder Woman, then George Perez is the guy that made her what she is. That's a tough. That's a tough couple of people to lose yeah. in, in a short period of time, for, for sure. sure. So. You know, hopefully, you know how it goes, though. Well, someone will pop up and they'll take it to a whole whole new yeah. height. Uh, I'm not I'm not discrediting any of the new young artists that are out there that are doing a fantastic job on carrying on those mantles. It's just that you know. Oh, it's a titan. It, yeah, it, it's yeah. They they're 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 doing what the what the work of the forefathers that were before them, and we're losing the forefathers, and that is where it gets a little sad. Yeah, and it's odd that that's kind of something that we're living in. A lot of times it's it's either before or way after, but... Yeah, I mean, like, Jack Kirby really was before us, right? I mean, sure. we, you know, again, we... Right, he's a legend. We benefited from a Jack Kirby or a Steve Ditko, you know, those type of guys, but we didn't, you know, we really weren't living our entire life because those guys came before, and they, what they put out was kind of before us. So we inherited that stuff. But with guys like George Perez and Neil Adams, you know, we kind of saw that stuff evolve. And we were, you know, kind of there for it. In a way, I think it makes the stories hit harder, too. Yeah. I think that's kind of, and, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about, because it's something I've been mulling over for the past week or so. I, I touched upon it on our last episode about mm -hmm. superhero fatigue a bit. And I, I started thinking about it, and it's one of those things that when you get down to it, this stuff, a lot of this stuff is for kids. And I think where the fan base gets angry is they're still making it for kids, 
and and a lot of us, myself included, want it to be made for adults. Now, I think there's an opportunity there because I think you can take the DC stuff and curtail it more towards young adults and adults. But Marvel's going to be for kids. So I think, you know, I don't know if everyone is feeling fatigue on the Marvel side of things, but I, I am. And I talked to someone that watched Doctor Strange and they said it was good. You know, a lot of Raimi, which is always mm -hmm. a good thing. But it does kind of feel a little tired. Well, you you know, again, it's it's here's my formula. You have to follow it. Now, I'm going to give you some creative freedom to get, you know, here's point A to point Z. And, and I'm going to give you some freedom, but you have to follow the path set up. So all the tropes of what I want have to be hit. I'm going to give you a little bit of freedom in between, but you have to make it fit into this mold every single time. And that's whether it's a movie or whether it's the Disney Plus shows. Marvel has a formula that they're not going to change. <laughs> and that's what made the, the Netflix shows so great because they weren't that formula. Well, they, Daredevil is for adult, period. No, Punisher, Jessica Jones, all of it is for adult and, and that's why the adults are freaking out over it being on Disney+. Plus. But here's where I get confused, right? Is that bef those came out before the purchase went through, mm -hmm. and they were doing well. Yes. So I'm not crazy when I say there is a very real market for these characters, at least some of them, to transition to adult-based content. I don't know if you... Did you did you catch that they did uh, uh, Hailstrom? Yeah. Okay, wasn't overtly good right. of a show, but talk about a relatively obscure set of characters that you can do in an adult-themed program. Mm -hmm. And it just was DOA because the deal had already went through, right. and, and Disney was ready to scorch the earth on any type of adult content. Yeah, and especially when, when um, Kevin Feige got his hands on the television content, right? Because he was only the, the, the head of movies. And then they had, um, uh, I think it's Jeff Loeb or Joe, Lo I forget his name now off the top of my head, but there was another person in charge of TV and Kevin Feige took over control of both and wanted everything then under the Kevin Feige way of doing things. So he canceled everything and then moved everything to Disney Plus and put his fingerprints on everything from that point forward. But I will say that Kevin Kevin Feige oozes Disney. Oh yeah, like if Big you, time. just just even the look of he just strikes me as you know it'll always be safe. And the thing is, I'm not discounting what he's done because it's incredible. Mm -hmm. We had nothing, and he's been able to turn it into this juggernaut. You like that? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I think, and again, as someone who's grown up with these characters, as you have, I need a little bit more than just a safe escapist John. Yeah. Well, you know, let, let's say you're sitting at a restaurant and there's, what was it, Michael Eisner, right? The And then um, Chapik and Iger. Right. And Kevin Feige, put them at a restaurant table. Right. Can you really tell the difference of who is who? Right. It's the same guy. 
Yeah, I mean, if you, well, I mean, if you want to go business style, Eisner saved Disney from bankruptcy. But right. he was, but aside from that, he was not a particularly effective CEO. I would say Iger, out of all of them, was was the the best CEO in the last, you know, 30, 40 years, because look what he's done. You're talking about Lucas and Marvel. Chapik is trying to revamp the parks, but I don't think he, there's something about him that I, that I think is off when it comes to running the company. I think he's very good at the park side of things, and I think we'll see the parks kind of transition to maybe more of a profitable wing again. Mm-hmm. I know with the pandemic, they had a lot of issues yeah. with it hemorrhaging money. So I'm sure he'll fix that because I think that's what he's good at. I do not think he's good at the media side, though. No. Do you ever see the movie The Secret of My Success? No. With Michael J. Fox? No. Well, okay. Well, A, I highly recommend it because well, it's a great movie. Give it a watch. But basically, you know, he's a, he's a young kid, hotshot out of college, wants to get into big business, right? And so basically, they're in some financial trouble they're possibly going to get taken over by a, a rival company and the the thought process from the board is let's let's sell off let's cut down let's pair and Michael J Fox's character is no you got to buy 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 strengthen spend money spend money and that's the Iger philosophy right he spent a boatload of money much more money i think than Disney maybe even wanted him to but he strengthened the company's position by doing so. I remember when he bought Lucas, mm-hmm. $4 billion. Yep. I remember reading articles that said RIP Disney. Yep. And within a year, he made that back and an additional, like, I, I, I don't even remember. It, it was just... Four billion was so undervalued for that property, mm-hmm. but now you give it to someone that has money, and it has potential. But then, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, well, then you put it in the hands of ultimately the worst possible person that could have been handed the keys to that car. I don't understand because she's a she's a Spielberg prodigy, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you go from working with him to kind of producing what, you, what you've produced with Star Wars. And an underling of Lucas for well, many years. Right. It's not, like, it's not like they, you know, she came out of left field. Yeah. She's been, you know, grown in the tank, so to speak. And I just don't understand why there's so much hate towards kind of the heroes that we love. You know, the... the 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 irony of it all is the person that was groomed to be that successor and should have the most love other than Lucas himself for this is the person who seems to hate it the most like and all the characters yeah. Luke Indy when i read the article that said that they were going to make Indiana Jones 5 about time travel mhm and they're going to erase Indy I don't want to lose the heroes that I grew up with. I care, I care about them. They helped shape who I am as a person. You and know, for you to tell me that they're wrong makes me feel, as someone that cares about these the, this content, right, 
when you tell me that you hate them and they're wrong, and then I start to question if maybe everything I've built, you know, these heroes that have kind of showed me what's good and what's bad, maybe my ideals are wrong as well. Well, the the problem, what's wrong, and in, in, in this is and this is across the board, right? Is these these characters that have become iconic, that have transcended the movies, right? Because Star Wars has transcended the movies. Indiana Jones has transcended the movies. Um, Marty McFly, Back to the Future, Ferris Bueller. These these characters are not just movie characters. They are in the zeitgeist of pop culture through many generations, right? They, they've transcended, and they've become not only so iconic and beloved, but they're ingrained in, you know, every generation. They're ingrained to love and respect them for who they are, what they are, what they represent. And for you to sit there and want to take that away from everybody and, and, and just strip it because other than you want to do it, not because you have to do it, not because it's something that is demanded, you want to do it for no reason. That is what the real problem, and that's why I think there's so much hatred towards somebody like a Kathleen Kennedy because she has no, not only does she have no respect for the character, she has no respect for the creator, she has no respect for the fans, the millions of fans that love these characters. And the thing is, is uh, even taking out what I said where it's about, you know, yeah, these people showed me right and wrong, moral compass, and they did. They were, you know, it was it was a, a way to identify what, what, you know, the right way to live. These mm -hmm. are good guys fighting against bad guys. Taking that out of it, and just looking at it as a purely as purely escapism, mm -hmm. the reason that people are so passionate about this is, is they use it as a way to get out of how horrible their lives are. Right. And for you to sit there and say, "No, no, no, we're going to bring some of you." Know, oh, you thought you thought Luke was great? No, I don't want that. I need to have there needs to be beacons, mm -hmm. and I can't see a reason that we need less escapism with the way things are currently trending so for you to take away these these classic kind of archetypes and and tell me they're wrong or they were weak the whole time or whatever it is you're bringing about animosity and there's some people will direct it towards the company but i think honestly at the end of the day it comes down to you're in charge of all of these properties it's your responsibility to foster them and bring them to the, the next generation. I had no problem with Ray, right? Like you, you want to make you want to make a female lead. You made us choose. You made you said Ray's the best. Luke sucks. Choose, and everybody chose, and they chose Luke for obvious reasons. But you made us do it. You didn't have to make us do it, but you forced us to do it. And I think the the real moment that stands out to me is in um, The Mandalorian mm -hmm. when we saw him. And I just remember the reaction. Yeah. People were excited. Yeah. And I don't think anyone, made, and that's probably not fair, it just didn't feel the same at the end of episode nine. Right. And that was a TV show. Mm -hmm. So just the buzz that generated from that one scene 
should have been the beacon for them. Just the, the flare. Mm-hmm. And it and it seems like it still wasn't enough. No. No. And 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 look, here's the thing, right? In the seventies and eighties, you know, the diversity and inclusion wasn't what it is today, right? And yes, going forward, can we be better? Sure. Should we be better? Sure. But that doesn't mean that everything that was done before that is wrong. We can accept the fact that we can't, we should be better going forward, but we should still honor, love, and respect the things that came before us and not just all of a sudden say it's wrong because what what we were doing then is wrong and now we know better yeah we know better now but that doesn't that, that doesn't strip away what was there what what was done prior and again both can exist we don't have to we don't have to choose we can just be better with how we go forward in making it more inclusive but again she wants to Kathleen Kennedy make us choose which one we want and she's and every time she's done it she's lost and yet she'll do she continues to do it and loss after loss is piling up and and everybody just looks around and says no oh, geez that sucks but it's like okay but you know the reason why it sucks why don't you fix it so for me i think it kind of ties in even more so to the the argument i made earlier about these things being for children right mm-hmm. You can make adult-themed content in these universes for adults. It doesn't all have to be for children. And then what you allow the fans to do is grow up with the characters. Mm -hmm. I don't always need it to be as simple as good versus evil. I prefer, in the content that I consume today, I like the gray. I like when it's complex Mm -hmm. and it's hard to tell who the hero is. You can do that in the Star Wars universe, and can the kids watch it? No. But guess what? The kids are going to grow up, and they're going to want it at some point, but they seem there seems to be just such a divide on what we can have. You can't, you can't have them both. It has to be these, these two different extremes. Either you, you get to you lose all of your heroes, and we, we totally wipe the slate, and we do all of these different you know things, or... You don't, and now it's just a whitewashed sort of landscape, like how it was, mm-hmm. which I think, to your point, is not even remotely close with how we should be trending. No. I think you can have both as far as the adult and child theme content. I think we should have the more diversity in any of it, mm-hmm. the better, yeah. because you're opening up the the amount of actors that can play these roles is it's larger. So the talent that comes in is greater. We're always better, you know, integrated, united, everything than we are separated. I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I just don't like the fact that she wants to draw a line in the sand and say that Luke is a villain. But that's, you know, but here again too is we have to, we have to look at the character, right? Most of these characters especially at a lot of your superheroes have been around a long, long time. And they've been building up fan bases over decades. 
So it, you you cannot the reason why they're so iconic is for what they've done throughout the years. And you can't just all of a sudden say, you know what? I'm just going to change everything there is that you know about these characters just for forced diversity. And we, and because we're making it diverse, you have to accept it. And here it is. And now this is the way it is going to be because that's not what everybody wants. That's not what every, that's not why they love this character in the first place. So, you know what? You keep that character the way it is and you and you change and add to where you can, which doesn't change what the character is, what it represents, what it means to the general but I public. Think here's here's my point to it all is that I would much prefer new characters. Mm-hmm. You bring them in, you still have your old set of characters that you know, your foundationals, a lot like Iron Man, right? Yeah. Tony's gone. Yeah. There's no reason that they that the foundationals have to stay around forever nope. in these cinematic universes. Right. But to a point, I don't want to lose the characters that I that I grew up with. And if you can bring in new characters instead of just trying to do these they they feel like tricks to me oh what can we do oh let's do a gender swap or let's do this or that it's like no give me a new character that i can care about and it doesn't feel like a forced diversity Mm -hmm. It, it always feels like such corporate trickery when they do these things because they're trying to check off a box they don't care about the property they don't care about the hero they care about selling toys and to me, who cares about these stories and these heroes and, and, and villains, I would prefer new characters that I can love as opposed to you trying to be corporate slick guy and doing a diversity swap. That's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because it's no, there's no heart to it. Yeah, well, I mean, all all Marvel is about to give you is somebody else wearing somebody else's clothes. Right, and that's lame. I want to see new characters. I want to see characters that, you know, I don't I'm not even saying like pulling from the B list. Give me new characters. The coolest thing that came out of um uh Capullo and Snyder's run is Batman Who Laughs. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Brand new character. Brand new. And and he is the coolest thing to come out of that. You can you can create new characters. It's you can and they can function in the universe. Yeah, but but the, you don't even but you know you Marvel has it where they don't have to create new characters because they have so many characters they can just give you other characters that already exist, but they are new to the general public because they haven't you know they haven't developed them to the cinematic universe yet. So. To everybody else, they're new, but you don't have to. I don't have to replace Hawkeye with Kate Bishop. I don't have to replace Iron Man with Ironheart. I don't have to replace the Hulk with She Hulk. I can, you know, you can give me more Guardians of the Galaxy where these are characters that, for the most part, no one even knew of until that movie came out. Right. Marvel has thousands of those type of characters in their library that they can give you. That aren't just the, a, another generation of what we already had, because it gets boring. 
not only does it get boring, but you've you've made us again. You're ch- making us choose because if you do Ironheart, you have to compare her to Iron Man. You're making us choose which one is better. That's what happened with Captain Marvel to an extent. Mm-hmm. Is that she came on the scene and tried to be Tony Stark, yeah. and it's like we already have Tony Stark. Right. We don't need Tony Stark again. Just be Captain Marvel. And then, obviously, the way she kind of conducted herself outside of the, the you know, the, the movies and everything was probably not the best way to go. Captain Marvel is a bad choice because she sucks in the comics and doesn't have a fan base. This is, this is where you're just trying to make a character stick that doesn't stick anywhere. And that's problematic because she didn't have a fan base in the con. I'm not saying has no fan base, but no, overall but it's not a, is it's very not a, minimal. Right. It's not a power. You know what it is? Is it? It's the, the thing for me about Marvel right now is I don't feel like there's any villain that you could introduce that could get me excited. Maybe Doom. That's I, it. I think if you brought Doom in, I would get excited. Anyone else? Maybe Galactus. Maybe, but I doubt it. It depends because, on how you use them. Right. I think Doom is the only one that has any potential to get me excited about the franchise again. But, you know, that's the thing is that Captain Marvel is not going to get me excited in a lot of ways that Superman doesn't get me excited about that. The only Superman stories that I'm into are the ones where he's struggling with with the godhood, right? Like, that's the whole thing is that him, you know... Coming to the realization that he could end it, end the, the planet if he wanted to, and then finding, you know, the reason to love humanity is sort of the best type of Superman flicks when he's fighting that sort of power. Sup- Superman's a hard sell because, and you know, it's Cap- safe, right? It, it's you know, he doesn't have any shitty qualities to him. He's he's just always the big blue boy scout. And he's always good. And it's very hard to tell those stories where Batman is easy because Batman is insane. He he teeters the line between good and evil, you know, and, and he doesn't he doesn't always play by the the rule book where Superman does. And so But that's why you can create such interesting villains with Batman too, because if your if your hero straddles the line then how do you create villain is because superman's villains are all very much they're celestial beings that are trying to achieve whatever their goal is right but with batman you have just a myriad of of characters that are you know there are human qualities to a lot of them yeah most of them i would even say yeah i mean you know superman's villains are celestial who are trying to Take over the earth. They're trying to enslave the population, and Superman needs to stop that. Right, Batman or destroy just, it or whatever. Yeah, Batman just doesn't want you to fuck up Gotham City, and he's you know that's it. Like don't don't mess with my city. I I want you know right, that, I'm a protector the, of it. And, there's the unpredictability of the insanity that comes with it too. Right, right. And, and so now we're getting human stories, and I like I like Celestial, but it's it's like sugar. You can't use it for everything. I don't want every single threat to be a celestial threat. So not, so if you bring Captain Marvel into the mix, 
you need people that can fight Captain Marvel, and there right. are only certain things that can fight Captain Marvel. Yeah, I mean, Galactus would be one of those type, you know, yeah, you could say maybe Kang the Conqueror, right? There's some there's some celestial beings that you can have. Yeah, Kang but, would be fine. But the problem is they're not Captain Marvel villains. Right. And, and that, there's no history is. there. So, they, you know, again... Marvel's adapting stories that are already been told. Those stories haven't. So because they haven't, they're not going to develop them. The reason why No Way Home did so well is because it was human. Mm -hmm. There wasn't, they weren't fighting aliens. Right. They were fighting people, characters from other universes. So you have your sci-fi element, Mm -hmm. but they were fighting humans. Right. You know, lizard aside. But... Yeah, but he's still a person sure. underneath it right, all. Right, and 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 my point is is that I enjoyed Infinity War. I enjoyed Endgame. I think what they did to Thanos was a tragedy, mm-hmm. because I really enjoyed the fact that he was a relatable villain, and then you kill him, and it doesn't feel good, right? Because it doesn't fix what he did, mm-hmm. and to me, I was like, oh. Wow, we're, they're they're finally m- having a message in in these kind of superhero popcorn flicks that is deep, mm-hmm. but instead of riding that, they needed the big battle at the end, and so it almost feels like they shoehorned in that Mad Titan, yeah. and I think it takes so, so much away from the character. Well, you know, you you know, you mentioned No Way Home, right? And and here's the thing, right? You have you have personal connections with the villains, right? Norman Osborn is the father of Spider-Man's best friend who is... 20-year-old 20 year movie, too. So keep in mind, like, yeah. the people that have that saw that were are twenty are in, right. in their mid to late 20s yeah. at minimum. Yeah, but you got, like, the lizard. Dr. Connor is Peter Parker's college professor. He had, you know, a major connection to uh, Dr. Octopus, right? These these are personal connections. Yes, they turned into villains. But they're but not these, inherently evil no, either. It, but these were people that actually were friends until they became enemies. But there was a personal connection built, which makes that fight so much more meaningful because Peter Parker doesn't want to fight these people because he, in, in, in a sense, loves these people. In, in most cases, he doesn't want to do it, but he has an obligation to do it. So him having to do it makes it more impactful. If if Galactus comes from another universe and Captain Marvel has to fight him and she vanquishes him, oh, yeah, great. Like, who cares? How are you going to side with Galactus? And that's that's honestly the problem, is that they had something really special with Thanos, which I wasn't expecting. And I, I don't even think they knew. Because if you look at the earlier films, he's the Titan. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a regular big bad that they that they're going to have to defeat at some point. But then when the Infinity Saga rolls around, he is the second, probably the second best villain. If they didn't do what they did in Endgame, he would be my favorite. Mm -hmm. But I think Killmonger is the best villain we've gotten out of Marvel. Yeah, again, not, because Spider-Man they were, aside, I'm not counting right, Spider-Man. But there were stakes because Killmonger had a personal connection right, but to he wasn't, Black Panther. He wasn't Panther. all good or all evil. No. It's just that his ideals may have been warped, yeah. which is what you could argue happened with Thanos. And those are the best villains because 
I don't care. Like, yeah, Galactus wants to eat your planet. Cool. How do you? How, all right. What do I? How do I relate to that? Right. There yeah. is no relation. Even Brainiac. There's no relation to any of that sort of shit. Right. Yeah. Starro. Not, right. not yeah, how the, do you relate to st- and then yeah. they try to right they try to give you that weird little sympathy line at mm-hmm. the end it's like shut up right yeah it's very very difficult to be able to relate to no, any of those type of extraterrestrial characters I don't feel bad for Starro fuck that no no you don't but you know there are certain villains that you're going to feel bad for because some people are just you know again you you're, you you sometimes you're trying to provide for your family right and maybe you choose the wrong way to go about doing it but in your mind you're doing something not altruistic obviously but you in your mind are doing it for the betterment of something not just the betterment of your pocketbook or right. you know what I mean? Yeah, or, if your or, point or, of suffering didn't exist, you wouldn't be doing this sort of right. thing. It's not Joker who's doing this because this is what he has to do. Right. You know that Joker's just running around doing this. Yeah, I mean, again, but if you you know if you go by the Killing Joke as the ultimate, how the Joker became the Joker, Batman knows what happened to him, which is why that he doesn't ever try to kill the Joker because he knows. The Joker's doing this not on his own free will. What happened to him caused it. Right. He's a victim of circumstance. Right. And so. Which is what Batman is. Right. And, you know, that's that's a lot of the right. relation. Do you have to stop him? Sure. But you also know that he's not doing it because he wants to do it. He does it because he has to do it because of what happened to him. And so that's why Batman always him and batman always have that relationship where they're basically the 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 other the other side of the same coin right that's exactly what they are and and so that's what makes the joker such a great villain but you take you know but again when kang the conqueror shows up okay Celestial. yeah it's like okay this is a time traveler and the thing is is it it's okay to have it i'm not saying like i don't want any no, of that you stuff, have to have but it. i don't need it to be all we get now and that's what it kind of feels like well that's p- pretty much all they have right because they like for me and i'll be honest with you that i haven't been particularly excited about anything since endgame and i thought moon knight was going to do it for me and it didn't it really didn't well, you know, Moon Knight Moon Knight was was great if you suffer from that particular circumstance that he does with the multiple personalities from trauma, right? They they do a good job in explaining it, right? Right. If, we cover we cover right. that. It's just that I I don't know. That that's not even what where where I was trying to go with it. It's more just I thought I was going to be, I thought there was going to be more. I thought I was going to see something. Well, if you're a fan of Moon Knight, Moon Knight you did not get. Not at all. You got, you got the. Well, like a little, you got like a little Yeah, I mean, but Moon Knight was, Moon Knight was, you know, what, what you got was, I'm, you know, this is Mark Spector and this is the different personalities of Mark Spector. And I'm not shitting on Oscar Isaacs. He did a good job. No, he did a, he did a, a fine job for what he did, but if you wanted Moon Knight, if you were a fan, you wanted to see Moon Knight in full costume beating the hell out of different whether it be vampire, you know, did 
everybody wanted Werewolf by Night, right? I mean, that was ultimately where... Because, again, we, we were told we don't know if we're getting a second season, right? There, there's been no confirmation. They, they've they not said one way or another. But the, a lot of that is the, the danger that you run into by hiring these big names, mm-hmm. you know? You, there's no guarantee. Like, it happened, for better or worse, it happened with Batman. No one expected Affleck to quit. Right. Yeah, but you can always replace, you know, you can always find another actor to play the role, you know, if you want to continue making yeah, Batman you, movies or, or, or Moon Knight know, or whatever. Man. I don't I don't particularly care for the style they went with. Like, I liked Batman. I liked Batman Returns. And then when they started changing the character every couple of iterations, I stopped liking it because it doesn't work for me. Because it's not like... It's not as ambiguous as like James Bond where it's a it could be a code name and that's why he keeps switching his character. No, it's fucking Bruce Wayne. So either you got to give me a brand new universe or you better settle the fuck in and play Batman. I don't like cuz it's all the same universe. Batman and Robin and Batman Forever and all that yeah. shit. Is yeah, the that's same. all the same. I don't like Yeah, from sh- Michael Keaton to Val Kilmer it's to George Batman. Clooney is the same Batman in the same universe. I don't like it. No, and but, not but, just Joel Schumacher's, you know, <coughs> neon explosion, which was disgusting. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, when you go from Tim Burton and and that dark noir. Yeah, but that's the point of it is that they tried to go back to the way that it was, mm-hmm. and it sucked. Yeah, and there were nipples everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, you know, I have a Batman credit card. Like, is oh, he so, busted it so out. Batman's your real name, and you were able to get credit. Based upon the name Batman, I want to so go even I, further. So why and say, can't I do that? So Batman sat in a meeting with it, with it, or or on the phone with a credit card company, and they said, "Listen, Batman, we know that you have expenses. We want to, uh, we want to give you a rewards card so that you can, you know, get some more of your, you know, utility belts as they wear out." Mm. And he said, "Yeah, that that'll work for yeah, me." Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you, so What's your bank, the APR? yeah, your your bank is out of the Cayman Islands. Sure. Yeah. No, we'll 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 respect that. That's le- totally legitimate. We are going to need your social, though. Yeah. Oh, my social. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to give it to you. Okay. No, no, that's yeah, fine. No problem. Yeah. Just no. we're gonna we're gonna call it the bat card too. Yeah. Like, like you know, again, it it makes it it really dumbs you down to the point of. Real, this is this is what we're presenting, right? We're we're supposed to, and again, I I. But here's the thing, right? And I've said this a million times, and I'm and I'm gonna say it again, and I'm gonna bring up professional wrestling, especially the WWE right now. You know, when when they were in the Attitude Era, the ultimately the biggest, most profitable era that wrestling has ever seen. There was swearing. There was blood everywhere. There was you know, scantily clad women. Uh, the toys sold better than they do now. So don't give me that you have to dumb this water it down to sell toys to children because they're going to sell toys to children. Even if you have a man and a woman on live TV having sex in the middle of the ring, that kid, those kids are going to go and buy the toys the following day, even if they didn't see... The, the wrestling product. Listen, the best depiction of children in cinema is it. Yeah. The modern day it. Mm-hmm. Because 
They fucking swear, and they're talking about all sorts of crazy shit. And if you think they're not, right? Did you? Yeah, of course. Right. And how are you any different than them? Right. They and, they have access to more information. Right. I didn't have the internet growing up. I didn't have cell phones. I didn't have computer. No, you know, if I, I couldn't get watch access boob, to this I had to wait, stuff. I had to go on the you know the channel that was all scrambled and right. shit and hope I could catch like a a, a second of it. Yeah. They can just Google it. Right. And so th- they have access to all this stuff. You're you're not you're not stopping it from happening. So if you think that you're stopping it because you want to sell toys because ultimately parents aren't going to allow their children to wa- – maybe they don't let them watch this stuff, but they're still going to let them buy the toys. So you don't have to worry about it because your toys and your T-shirts are still going to get sold. Merchandise is not going to take a hit if you have R-rated content for superheroes or wrestling or whatever else, Star Wars – I don't care what you now. Star Wars doesn't really have the need so much for R-rated. Yeah, but see, but, I like I like when they go a little bit more adult with Star Wars. I oh, me it. too. I think it's cool. I want to see Darth Maul doing crazy shit, and I I like I would have liked Mandalorian to have kind of skewed into that. Maybe not Mando because the Baby Yoda thing does track, but like mm-hmm. Boba should have been fucking hardcore, man. Well, I mean, you know. Bob, you didn't even have pushing the envelope. Right. I mean, you could have had at least, even even if you wanted to push the envelope, even if you said, look, this is as extreme on Disney as we can make it, then fine. Okay, it's Boba Fett. You do that. I, I don't even think that would have been good enough, but give me at least that. You gave me. Oh, he's not even What did Boba, you give me? He's not even Boba Fett anymore. No. And that's the thing is that they do this with everyone. They're doing it with, they're doing it with, um, Craven the Hunter. Mm-hmm. They did, they did it with Venom. They're doing it with everyone. Everyone has to be. They did it with Morbius, which I, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it too eventually. But they're doing but... it. Everyone is a, yeah. everyone is an antihero now, and it's like, no, there has to be villains that are cool. That's it. All right, so Jim, give us a little bit of a plug. Tell us uh, what you're working on. Sure, yeah. So right now I'm currently uh, working on a creator-owned comic that I am currently in the process of uh, working my way through the inks. And so this is a, a horror comic that I've been working on here for a little while now. I'm hoping to have it finished by June Um, that is the goal right now and then as soon as that gets finished hopefully it's going to be everywhere where you'd be able to read and or buy comics alright thanks for coming on the show today. yeah not a problem thanks for having alright guys so we do have Jim on the daily drop as well every Thursday we kind of get out there and do the orders and have him kind of spit with us there too Um, So this has been another episode of Catalyst Corner, episode three. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys on the next one.